Hey, what's up, people? This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Beach Volleyball National Events. Beach Volleyball National Events is the greatest get notice showcase in the United States of America. Right now, we're in Colorado, we're in Texas, we're in Florida, we were in New Jersey a, a month ago. And if you want your kid to get notice, tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. Get with your club coach, Beach Volleyball National Events, BVNE. Come play with us. It's also brought to you by NY Varsity Sports. That's me. That's me, the NYV. Uh, this is episode 54. I got Danny Moy, and this episode starts right now. <laughs> well, we stumbled into the block, but you know what? I always land on my feet because with this guy, my next guest, I've got to give the people... I'll give the people what they want. Dun, 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 dun. Danny Moy, what's up, man? What's up, JJ? Cool. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm going to um, give uh, people a little education on who you are. Danny Moy is um, the president. I, had, I mistakenly characterized him as the founder of Strangers Volleyball, which is Chinese nine men. And he's one of the guys who's been playing for a long time, cemented his legacy. He's got hoes in different area codes. This is Danny Moy. What's up, man? I'm so glad to have you on the show. It is Thanks for having me. my honor, my duty, and my privilege. So, And I'm going to make sure... I share this on my Facebook thing for the people right. who are looking for my name. Definitely. Um, so Danny, let's yeah, let's start right out of the block. Let's talk about let's talk about nine men. Describe to my audience in California who should know better um, <laughs> what nine men is. Oh, man, where do I start? I mean, nine men is similar to six-man volleyball with just uh, extra three players. Um, front row will stay front row, so offense will play offense. Um, back row will rotate serving between three servers. Um, and you just play regular nine-man uh, nine with a court three feet bigger all around. Um, no jump serving, no piking allowed. Um, you can hook the ball. I'm sure, you know, if you take a peek on YouTube, there is um, videos with uh, nine man tournaments. Yeah. And uh, pretty much, you power, could use the hand, you could, yeah, power dink or dunk. Um, I'm sure you've seen a few clips. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, a tradition we've been running in North America for almost 75 years. Oh, right. uh, 75 years. This year would have been 76 in DC, but you know. Due to the circumstance of COVID, uh, we had to cancel it for you know, the for the better for everyone. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really fast paced game. Um, you you'll 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 get really into it. Like if you're seeing some videos, and I know you know once you start playing, it gets competitive. It's fun. It's uh, everybody just really gets into it. And it's um, only on the men's side. The women's play sixes uh, during now tournament. Um, and you just people get uh, creative, you know. Some people run a double double one, back one and front pump, one. Yeah, shotgun, uh, pump shotgun. Yeah, yep, yeah, thirty ones. You can have a six man up and the three man back if your if your uh, defense is solid, and uh, if your if you, you know your 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 back row is solid, then you know you have a five man up. Um, and you know the circle's small, so a lot of people who play nine man will play sixes too. So, you know, and I'm sure you know a lot of the, the players who play nine men too. And, and some has gone your way, which you have, 
introduce nine men to our you know circle too. So, um, yeah. actually, let's, let's give him a picture of what that. let's give him a picture of what the five five front row blockers looks like. Um, <laughs> this is a couple of years ago. This is a smash against Connex. Right. Um, let's rock this. Let's run this. Let's see what this looks like. That was awesome. Did you just see that? Yeah. <laughs> so you could play off the the net. The net is like a neutral hit. Yeah. And uh, once you hit the net, you have an opportunity to play another play. Like, you'll get another touch. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, uh, handshaking after the game for respect, before and after, and uh, congratulations. Yeah, that's the other Justin. This was the finals. Yeah, that was, the, that, that was actually match point. Right, right. Yeah. Like so um, this was uh, San Francisco Smash versus Toronto Connects. Yep, that's exactly yep. what that was. Mm -hmm. That's exactly yeah, what that was. So. In fact, yeah, it, was, it was good times. Yeah, it was in L.A. actually, Anaheim. Um, what was that gym that just... Uh, Anaheim Sports Center, they just shut down. Yeah, yeah, they just shut down. Sad to um, hear. Yeah, big, big blow to the, the South Bay region because it was a high yeah. percentage, more than 50% of the tournaments for a club volleyball for boys and girls. Um, SCVA mm -hmm. is its own league, but, you know, it's oh. part of USA Juniors or whatever. And between that, the Misty May Arena and um, mm -hmm. Anaheim Convention Center, which is actually gorgeous. Um oh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like Anaheim Sports Center that much, and so I'm. I mean, I'm not one of those people that are gonna miss it. Be, I guess because I haven't been out here as long as them. I mean, if you think about it, like the parents out here, there's a culture. They 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 play competitive high school out, volleyball out here. They they go to the D1 programs out here, and then mm -hmm. the kids grow up, and then they they play you know competitive high school volleyball, and of course competitive club volleyball, and the cycle mm -hmm. just continues. It's a cyclical thing. Mm -hmm. If you if you've never left the South Bay. Um, and you're a kid, you would assume um, volleyball is the number one sport in America, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, Danny, it's like being in a Chinatown. Um, you would think like nine men is like the number one or number two sport in America. It's street ball, right? Street basketball yeah. street, and street, yeah, yeah. street, uh, street volleyball. Um, did a little research, Danny. Like yeah. volleyball was created in Massachusetts. But what mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know um, for the people like, oh my God, how could they have nine men on the court? Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, they, people just people just want to be renegades to the rules. I just I, I would just want to remind everybody that um, not of uh, volleyball in its originality was nine people. Am I right? Donnie, Coach Donnie, yeah. I, I was watching his documentary and he said it was mm -hmm. it was originally nine people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was uh, there's a nine men documentary out there by Ursula Niang, mm -hmm. and. Um, Pretty much her documentary uh, really just picked up the sport. You know, the interest sparked a lot of uh, uh, interest from the non-Asian world, and uh, it's grown. I mean, when I first started back in the 90s, you know, playing with you, and that's when pretty much I started in my nine-man career is in high school and college, is that the tournament itself was only like 20 teams, and we've six-fold into last year in Montreal, we had, I think, 140 yeah so it, the the tournament itself has grown a lot and the interest has like really grown big yeah, to I a mean, point where we don't know how to control it you know i mean generally the the, the reason why i never liked american sports center is because acoustically like because mm -hmm. there were so many people and because of the noise you have to wear like earplugs you come out of there yeah. having like volleyball 
PTSD. <laughs> you know, yeah. whoosh, everything. You know, you, you think it's a ball. Every 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 sound you hear, you think it's a ball. So you take that and you multiply it by two or two and a half. That's what nine man was because it wasn't sixes. Yeah. So yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, I really love the crowd too. I mean, you you have the finals, and I thought Chinese nine man. I thought they did a really good job the best they could making it look like the outdoor scene like if you look at the finals mm-hmm. and the way and the number of people that surrounded the court you didn't you couldn't even see um uh the floor anymore you couldn't see surface all you could see was people and mm-hmm. you could see like a net and you could see a whole bunch of people in the middle like in this rectangle um for my people um in the south bay i bring you something called manhattan sixes manhattan sixes in, is in july or the first week of august where just i guess all the indoor and beach players get together and they just they wear these costumes and they represent their these teams and it looks like a big big party until of course the semis and finals because the people that come there uh, to me if you if if you're if you're if you're going there to be serious you're kind of an idiot but but (laughs) but i guess you know sooner or later when someone tells you, Danny, come play, it'll be fun. At some point, you're like, don't lie. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be competitive. <laughs> so, well, so, you know. Yeah, so Manhattan Beach. Yeah, so Manhattan Beach sixes is you don't see the sand. Like when, by mm-hmm. the time the semis or finals come, you don't see. You just see a zombie apocalypse of people, uh, and you see the court, and that's it. And I'm like, wow. Anyone has to pursue a uh, pursue a ball, man. It's going to be a state. They can just kind of catch them like a state, like a you know, like a mosh pit, like a mosh pit. Yeah, stage jump into down. the audience, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, Danny, what, what got you into volleyball? Is it is it a family tradition um, or? Well. I guess it's back in high school. My gym teacher was like, "You're pretty tall. You know, you play basketball." I'm said, "No, not really. You're good at anything." I go, "Not really. I just didn't have, you know, when you grew up in the village back in the days, the '80s. You know, the the village itself was pretty rough. You know, you had the, you know, can't. It was the yeah. drug dealers and you know the prostitution and all that. And, you know, so growing up in the village." Not like right now, everything is gentrified. Everything is you know, much nicer. And expensive at hell, uh, as hell. Yeah. So you don't go out much until in high school when you actually really do go to school on your own. You know, we didn't do anything. We didn't go to the park or anything. So my gym teacher, Ms., uh, Mr. Unger, Harmon Unger. Okay. Which I'm sure you so probably heard you the name. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, you're a pretty tall Asian guy. You should play some volleyball. And pushed me to play some volleyball and I first tried out to be a setter because I didn't know how to hit or jump or anything because all you do is just push the ball, right? Can't go wrong with that, right? So it's doing (laughs) push-ups. And, uh, you know, after that, I just, they saw me, you know, liking it and, you know, they're like, oh, you, uh, uh, Mr. Unger's wife plays in the Nyman circuit too. And she she was like, oh, you want to try out? And that's it. There was no turning back. Um, There was, Practice at Humanities, where I went to high school, Bay Area Rustin High School for the Humanities. Um, and uh, that's where everything started. And sixes and nines were for a while. And uh, what? This is how many years now? Shoot. It seems like forever, huh? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. met you guys in, the, in college. And there's no turning back. You know, our lives went forward. You yeah, know, done a lot, and then I've done. You know, I kept I kept up with my nine men circuit, and I stayed it and stayed in it. You know, doing tor- uh, tournament hosting and running, you know, the nonprofit now. So it's a uh, it's a passion of mine, and I'm sure it's the same for you too. No, no doubt. It's and 
It's a unique meeting of the minds because at the time you were coming out of high school, at the time I was actually ending my, my time in the, in the service, in the military service. Right. I played right. on, um, I got, you know, I actually played on the, for a military community team and then later for like the all army team and this and that. So you had, there was you, there was Justin Stack and there was Clement. Um, mm-hmm. Oh God, uh, Yip Kwan Lai. Um, yeah, Yip Kwan Lai. Yep. And Josh Jamrog, I think, was with you guys. Mm-hmm. You're both well, both, In, uh, jo- both Josh's? No. Josh Lyons, too. Yeah, that's a good team, man. That's a good high school team. <laughs> Although Josh, I think, didn't play with us. He got into it after we graduated. Um, Josh, yeah, Josh Jamrog, Clement Lyon, Justin, Justin Stack, all the same high school. Yeah. And... Yeah. Three, three of you guys ended up going to Hunter College. For the people listening at home, I, I was at Hunter College for a cup of coffee. I was there for like one one pit stop before I went back to school and finished uh, somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And it was five freshman starters. The people listening to, I'm, I'm going to take you back because, you know, some of these guys are like, oh, it's a D3 school. Who cares? I'm going to tell you yeah. who cares. It's, it's 1994. And D3, you you had to have, just like anyone that went to UC San Diego or Santa Cruz or any any of these D3 programs, Juniata, you have to play Division One and Division Two teams twice because they're, they're, there's an overload of D3 teams now, but they just weren't. There, there weren't a lot of um, D3 teams. And for the people that live in the East Coast, um, re-educate, I'll re-educate, reintegrate your brains as well. CUNY only had four teams back then. And, and mm-hmm. John Jay, I think, was like a fifth team at it. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to play college volleyball in New York City, you had to go to one of those four schools. So right now, CUNY has 10. So I want you to picture in your brain all of these talented people from Chinese Nine Man, all of these people that play for their national team for like Haiti or like Jamaica or like, you know, like a junior national team from Poland. And you take all of these players and instead of spreading them out to 10 teams, you have to consolidate them in the four. That's a mm-hmm. bunch of rock stars, man, you know. Oh, and Stack. Yeah. yeah. And at the, and the time period, um, I'll name drop Elvis Rodriguez. Um, played there a couple of years before us. So it's mm-hmm. um, our team furnished four uh, national championships for USAV. So mm-hmm. I actually never went to nationals, but I set for three teams that went to nationals. I set for Paul Lamb, and they won nationals in 96. I set for Bameso, who won uh, for two years, and they won nationals, men's open for both years. They only lost a set. Mm-hmm. Justin mm-hmm. Stack won nationals. Uh, Greg Romulus, our sh- the star hitter. <laughs> yeah. Our, our uh, Dilo. Dilo. Yeah, Dilo. Right. Um, yeah. He won nationals with Crayle, you know, because he's mm-hmm. from a volleyball playing family. He, 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 right, had two right. bro- he had two brothers, and he's from Haiti. So back then, uh, mm-hmm. Crayle was mostly Haitian they sprinkled a Dominican or two and, and maybe Dave Jack um, who's Jamaican or whatever was on that team as well but Greg and the Fab Five freshmen very very yeah. good team man very yeah. very good team and we we we, bust, we busted up a lot of scholarship kids <laughs> we're the the loudest obnoxious team yeah. I guess but how, but how good was D3 back then Vassar College um, still remains the only Division 3 team to make the EIVA finals Mm-hmm. Who did they lose to? They lost to Penn State. How good was Penn State that year? Oh, Penn State won the whole thing. They they beat UCLA <laughs> in five. So so it gives you this degree of 
how competitive D3 volleyball was. There was a B flight and there was an A flight and six Division three teams. <laughs> six Division three teams were, uh, made the EIVA. So that's freaking, you know, for B and A flight. So that is yeah. awesome. And JIT, yeah. uh, which was D3 back then. Vassar, of course, won. Juniata, still, I, I believe still competitive. New Pulse, Tony Bonilla was the coach. Yeah, um, right. yeah. And his son, 20 years old. How about, how's that for a flashback? His son, 20 years later. That was 1994, 2014. His son won an NCAAs. So, um, NYU. So, yeah. good, good squad. So, at what point in your high school life or college, or was there a particular game or a tournament that you tell yourself, um, I think I could do this competitively? Was there a particular, do you have a memory of a particular tournament or, or, or a match? Uh, just like a match where, like, Everybody's high-fiving you. It was like kind of this defining game, and you're like, wait, I think I could do this on a reel. No, no, I can't say I. there is any specific tournaments or game that really kind of uh, outshines any other because, uh, you know, from the beginning, I always try to challenge myself because, you know, you're never going to be the best if you don't challenge yourself, you know. Why is that person able to hit over you, or why can't you hit through a person? So, you know, I have these personal goals where, you know, try to find a way to, if I can't hit over them, I try to hit around them, right? But I don't think there was any point in time where, you know, I can't think of it. I mean, it's been a lot of years, but, you know, there there are some tournaments where, you know, we came in second and, you know, never, never, never top one. Close, but never, you know, uh, any kind of maybe – you know, Kenyan finals, you know? Yeah. Those those good times. I mean <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like you know, you to to really lose a lot, you'll you'll win, you know, you feel like you want to challenge yourself to win more. And we don't win if you win if you don't win enough, then you know, you you always wanna to try to get better somehow. And I was always that person that, you know, challenged myself, like, how do I get better? How and I was never there. I was never satisfied. And then, you know, I'm 40-something and I'm still not there. But I think, you know, now the goal is to really be humble and happy of what, what you've done and what we've accomplished, you know, through our lives too. Yeah, there's that, man. Um, yeah. I mean, volleyball certainly is a, um, a great character builder for real life, right? I think a lot of yeah. the, the discipline from your childhood, the discipline of having to be somewhere on time where everyone has to respect each other's time, um, the hard work that this collective unit, I mean, besides football, there's no ultimate team game where it takes X amount of people to win. Like truly, there are some people that can take over a game and you're, they're good for a set or two, but you rarely you rarely see one player win a game, you know? Yeah. Greg yeah. Romulus, we, we were just talking about Greg. Greg, um, okay, going to educate some of you people again. Greg still holds the record for um, most kills in the match. It's 61 kills. It yeah. was 61 for 98. 98 attempts, only five errors. Those numbers in any sport are sick. Those are middle hitters numbers. for volley. Even for middle, those are astronomically ridiculous. And, and that was a match we lost. We lost to Roger Williams. Um, yeah. Lurking variables. Okay, I'm gonna stroke my ego. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't there. Your, my mother was like, "You show respect, you go to church." So, mm. um, and it was very weird for me to play an NCAA sport. And and you, you know, I mean, usually like a club or a high school, you get yanked out by your mom. I got yanked off that by my mom. Um, um, 
and I missed that match. And David May missed that match. So Meng Young May missed that match. So, yeah. so it was Greg. It was really Greg and you guys t trying to get some touch blocks, run down the touch block, go to your star hitter on transition. Yeah, so, just a go-to guy, right? But, but we weren't the, able to do it. Yeah, but the ultimate team sport, right? So Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I have some questions. I was gonna save them for the end, but but I'm a, I'm feeling a little giddy. Um, right. Bring them. Why is nine men played on the street? Why is and why street ball? I think I know the answer to this, but I gotta let you talk at some point. <laughs> um, go ahead. Well, I think you know historically when everything began back in you know year one of seventy five, everything was always out on the street. People, yeah. you know, days off working six days a week were Sunday and, you know, they play in the park. And uh, from that day on, you know, the first tournament was, I think, well, like between four teams, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Not too sure, but Boston, D.C., New York. And, you know, it grew from there. And uh, historically, it's been been playing on the street. And um, just these last five plus years um, you know, and, and, you know, and I, and I run the New York mini tournament and I got to say that after nine 11 happened to be today, yeah. um, you know, applying for street closure is harder. So, uh, the city doesn't really just give you a chance to close any street and play, run a tournament nowadays, a little mm -hmm. bit easier back then, um, because of nine 11, you know, uh, street closure was a little tougher. Getting permission was, you know, uh, not as easy as it was. So, uh, tournaments now go indoors, and and you know not just on New York, uh, Boston, DC, you know, yeah. Toron uh, Toronto, Toronto, all those. Yeah, we all go indoors now um, because of just the way the game grew. And uh, but you know historically, traditionally, it's always been outdoors, and it's always a knee breaker because you're playing on concrete, right? So uh, playing in the middle, you know, it's it's. <laughs> You're jumping for every every play, every offense, every defense. You know, your your career is not going to last too long. So now no. all I do is just hop. You know, as a middle player. Yeah, so. you got to you got to hop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We yeah. played a lot of Central Park fours back then oh, as yeah. well before right, right. before the beach courts were in Central Park and mm -hmm. and a lot of the taller players who knew not to go full full bore were the ones that lasted the longest. You know, smart. Um, yeah, <laughs> they, right. Where I mean, God, half of us are all broken down right now so well you know being yeah. young you know we're, we're always being stupid and trying to show off and see who can pound the ball the hardest and you know that's that's the the the, the young young inside a young yeah. kid inside of us right but yeah. now we're smarter play there, wiser right there was also a ton of systemic racism against asians back in the day as well to my understanding a coach according to coach donnie um that just um i i reintegrated myself just on the rules of the game um, and somewhere in the middle of this, there was a, a synopsis of the history. Um, Asians weren't allowed in gyms, and and um, and he got he got a lot of research help on that, and that's that's where yeah. the whole street thing started. So, yeah. I, before nine eleven, it was I to me it was almost like the the, the public was shamed. They, they got shamed into giving you guys permits, <laughs> you know. So yeah, um, I mean. The big, big. Um, the he said the first national tournament was 1944. Um, and I just I can't say enough. The rules, the volleyball rules back then were brought to China, and when the Chinese immigrated to the United States, the rules were brought back 
to the United States. So right. a lot of these rules that you see in Chinese Nine Man are not they're not new people. These are these are old rules. And for the for the beach guys right now who, you know, we're we're in the climate right now where everybody's worried about redirect being legal about um the set can't spin or or right. now spin is allowed or and now and now there's this argument it's like okay you the ball didn't spin but dude you just caught it and threw it to carry right. so so and, and this this thing we're like oh i wish it was back to the old days and then the old days and i think people just need to get over themselves because volleyball there's always going to be a generation that talks about the old days yeah, right. It's always, you uh, um, reminisce. And yeah, rekindle the 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 stories like how we do all yeah. the time. I go back as far back yeah. as um, blocking a serve. Mm -hmm. If you watch the '84 Olympics, I give you the third play for the goal, USA against Brazil. Craig Buck touch blocked to serve, and they played it off the touch block. And I'm just like, when he did it, I thought it was just a replay. I thought like someone blew the whistle, and you know, like yeah. you know, how some players just play around and they touch it up, and then I'm like, pass said hit. What? <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. So, um, question this year: What happened this year? Because I know you guys do do nationals at Labor Day. Um, yeah. What? At what point that you guys did you guys have a meeting and say it's not going to happen this year due to our our um, let's just call it our um, climate, our literal um, climate with COVID and everything. Yeah, I mean. Usually, you know, we have our New York mini tournament in July. That's usually like a, a smaller tournament of the nationals. And a lot of it was gauged off of that. And for me, um, organizing the New York mini was pretty tough because everything started to unfold back in January, right? We didn't start really staying in until March. And we were hesitant to post anything, even for the national tournament committee, we were having meetings once a month to talk about it. And like, how, what do we do? How do we anticipate it? Um, because everything you, you plan for, you organize for, you have to sign contracts before, you know, hotels or rentals, or even for the banquet halls, you have to sign contracts. And, you know, thank God for, you know, there's clause and stuff like that. Uh, we didn't really make the call until June. I wouldn't say yeah. I remember, but it was a big, it was a big thing because we've got on many calls, talked to the organizers and just kind of like, you know, what do we do? How do we go about it? But being that, you know, uh, it was supposed to be hosted by DC this year, you know, they were well prepared, you know, um, everything was set. They were ready just to open registration for teams to register. And then when this COVID hit, we were like, oh, wow, what do we do? Do we delay it? Do we push it back? Do we wait? And then also contractually with everything, you have to kind of go along with what the contract says to um, hotels and rentals, space rentals. So, I mean, it was a huge disappointment when the, the mini was canceled and then and the nationals, were, you know, you got to make the right call because you don't want to be the, the hosting city to be, you know, hosting a tournament with a virus that's, there's no, there's no, vaccination for right and be you know playing volleyball like you said it's a team effort everybody has to touch a ball right and then you're playing out on the street or public space there's bound to be a, people coming to watch where you know could bring the virus with them not to say you know they will but you just can't take that risk so it's it was a tough call but i think overall everybody understood and everybody 
knows that it was the right thing to do. And, you know, even major sports did it too, right? Yeah. If major yeah. sports were doing it, you know, you, you have to follow suit. It's true. And, and it's, and it's very, very hard to create a bubble on with a sport that has multiple competitors. I bring your attention just to indoor sixes, never mind Chinese nine men. I bring your attention mm-hmm. to, to football that, um, on the pro level is easier to do because, because they can afford to set up this, this environment where no All one right. comes in and out basketball right now. They're in their playoffs. I mean, by the time this weekend's over, I think we're going to be watching the Clippers and Lakers play the Western yeah. common semifinals. And I think so. 354 players and zero positive tests. So big up to them. The AVP, yeah. Um, couldn't afford to do a bubble like the NBA, but the AVP um, had a very mature uh, um, group of elite athletes. And mm-hmm. at the top of the main draw, the bottom of the main draw, and like some of the people who are in the qualifier on the outside looking in, which which was negated because you had to consolidate the size. So they, when they weren't pra- when they weren't practicing with each other, they just they they, they went straight home. That's that's all they yeah. did, you know. Yeah. Um, so and they create they. If you watch it on Amazon Prime, they did it in the parking lot in Long Beach. And, right. and very genius part on either Jeff Conover or Donald Sun's part, they got a film permit to do it instead oh. of a volleyball permit. So they got a film permit. And I'm just like, okay. So basically, you guys are actors. And like, I already know Phil and Phil Dahls. I know Phil and Nick are going to win then, right? It's in, it's in the script. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the script. <laughs> oh, All right. man. Here's yeah. a, here's another uh, uh, cool question. There are sure. a ton of differences. Um, dot dot. I acknowledge that between Chinese nine men and beach volleyball, um, well doubles or whatever. Is there a what would be a similarity that's comparable to the beach? And I guess that's for either one of us to answer because I know I, I don't know if you get out on the sand very much. I you know I know you you play some grass and some outdoor, but Right. Um, maybe you could chime in on this. Uh, block for Chinese nine men just does does count as a hit. Correct. It's uh, at any time you the ball opposing team hits the ball and it touches a block, it's considered a touch. So when it hits off the block, anybody in the back row or even in the front row has to set the ball for the somebody Actually, to hit. Let's let's and yeah, yeah keep talking. I just, I want. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's here and, somewhere. Not that one. We keep oh, going. Not that one. No, yeah. that was no but, touch. Um, yeah, so it's no touch. Go on, Danny. Sorry. Yeah, so if, if at any point it touches the block, then it's considered a touch, then the, touch. the back row has the responsibility to really set the the ball to the, the hitter. Now, if the ball hits the net, you know, it counts as a neutral hit, and you get an extra touch, per se. Yes. Um, yeah, so gotta, that's the gotta, so that's the beauty that of it, and you know when you play nine men, it's fast. The net is a little lower; it's almost like a woman's height. No piking is allowed, so you can't. Anytime you're any part of your hands break the the plane of the the, the net, you know it's called over, and you know the opposing team will will get it. I got it. Actually, I got to go back. Out. There was a part on that tape. I keep sorry, Denny. No, no, there was no. a part on that tape that actually showed um, how it's neutral. Right. So the it's as a ref too. You have a lot of responsibility. You're looking for nets over, and you know uh, the ball hitting the the net. That's another factor you have to look into. I mean, and a bigger court. Oh my God! Here it is. Here's one play. Here's one play. Watch this, and watch the play off the net. Boom. (laughs) 
That's awesome. So, yeah, so that's in you know, regular game that's four touches, right? But because the net is a neutral mm-hmm. neutral touch. Yep. They got that play the play kept on going. So, you know, I mean, it's exciting, it's fast. I, I think, you know, uh, you know, once whoever watches it, you know, whenever you go on to see a get match, it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, man. Here's yeah. another question. Men play uh, Chinese non-men in the tournaments. Women play sixes. Why? Uh, we, I don't, it's, it's just tough to find, I think, for women to, uh, nine players. <clears throat> and uh, I think also we tried to, I think Boston tried to kick it off to, uh, to get nine women's tournament going. Um was at the time, I don't think, uh, I think there was only two teams. It was Boston and DC. Mm-hmm. And they were able to uh, put two teams together and just kind of showcase it. Uh, I don't think the interest is there yet. Not yet at this point. But I think they're trying to kickstart that, you know, nine woman tournament. And hopefully, you know, within a time, people will start practicing and playing for it. Um, yeah, it's. There, there's talks on the you know national level about having it or hosting it if there's enough interest because since the men's are doing it why not the women's I mean yeah um, so you know maybe you know five five ten years down the line uh, we'll have this kind of conversation you'll see oh look how much it grew you know and, and for me like if it doesn't happen for nine nine women that's cool man some of the best sixes you, you're you're gonna see some of the best. I mean, you want to talk about these awesome rallies, these these scrap, hard hitting, uh, um, just great digging, you know, for these hard driven balls, the bringing back, mm-hmm. bringing back out of system to like uh, uh, back in system to hit some of these yeah. lemons in a lemonade uh, competitive setting. You, I, I mean, I don't even know how to sound make this sound without just highlighting someone's ethnicity or whatever you're not going to see too many great rallies outside of some of these asian these asian women's tournament um sixes tournaments um stereotypically not very tall in height so uh, but they but as you know in volleyball you don't have to be tall to hit to hit like a like a like a like a brick house <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying so the speed of the hit doesn't go yeah. away so you have to find a way to either your blocking system to soft block it or you just have to girl have girls that whole no fear attitude where they're ready to die and man some of these rallies are awesome I, I yeah, mean, no, you... it's, it's intense i mean it gets mm-hmm. the finals and you know anytime you you get to the playoffs it's you know the the mm-hmm. the play level for all the teams are pretty much you know very similar. There's no really, you know, it's exciting every match when you get to semis, quarters, and finals. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. And you know, every every play level is very similar when you get towards the end. And that's what's fun about it. You don't you don't you don't get a blowout. Let's just say, uh, in any kind of tournament, at least not that I can remember. Yeah. No, no doubt. I mean, yeah, they're all all like uber competitive. Actually, here's a picture of us playing in 1994. This is um, us playing Concordia, not a picture. Um, sorry, let's do that. Let's get a big screen. Look at that, VHS. Yeah, this is insane. Actually, wait, let's go back. This is how big, Jesus Christ, I was 260 pounds in this. That's me hitting on the outside. That's right. 
And this is against uh, Concordia, I believe. And there's um, Ning Bin Zhao. There's Justin Stack. Very hard to see, very old picture, but right. just wanted to share that, whatever. And um, for the people watching, because again, both of us have a, a huge following. So as mutual friends, you're, you're definitely going to have a, a lot of people tuning in on this. And here is the picture, our championship picture. Oh, yeah. That's the medal. This is from 1994. Let's zoom in. And there you are, Danny Moore, right there. There's me. I'm I'm 200 and 255 pounds in this picture. I was they really? called they called me the moose. Um, and you know the crazy thing is you guys are fresh out of high school, so you you know you guys are really really rail like rail skinny. Like look how skinny you are here. Look mm -hmm. at Justin Stack. He's skinny as hell. That's Justin. Right. Uh, that's Meng Yong Mei for everybody yeah. who won, uh, who was runner up for something called the Iron Horse Award. That goes to the best high school player in New York City. So. Right. Um, Remember who was first? Uh, Mike Salek. That's right. Mike Salek got first. So that's a hell of a person to be runner-up too, because Mike Salek right. um, has been regarded as one of the best players in New York City for almost a decade. And there's yeah. Elvis Rodriguez. There's Car Before his time, there's Carlito and those guys. That's Bill Anderson. He later went to yeah. IPFW. This is Lloyd, um, uh, our, I think Ball's assistant, Sue Bosch. There's our setter yeah. high, and my high school teammate. That's right. Um, um, Ning Bin Zhao. Or Danny. Yeah, Danny, Danny Zhao. Danny Zhao, that's right. So, Once I found that his name was Ningbin, I stopped calling him Danny. Uh, um, <laughs> it just it just seemed more affectionate. And it's to me, as long as I felt like I said it right, you know, it, I felt like it was more like a brotherhood if I just called him. Yeah, you know? the brotherhood. Yeah. Um, like Clemen, I never called him Yip. I just called him Clemen. You know, uh, yeah. David May, I just called him David. But um, it was, uh, I mean, because Danny, Danny was my high school rivalry. Danny um, was one of the people that helped me conquer some of my prejudices against Chinese people. Because in, in uh -huh. high school volleyball, high school volleyball in New York is, is highly dominated by Asians. If you look mm -hmm. at uh, Staten Island Tech, you look at half the teams in Queens, Cardozo, Hunter High mm -hmm. School, um, you know, high, a high Asian population. Right. They right. were not very inclusive to people who who played the sport well. <laughs> and back then, I wasn't even that good a player. So, But there's something about getting good, and then you have to play someone. And if you beat them, then we get to talking. Or, or even if you don't beat them, let's say yeah. you, you lose by two points. Now, all of a sudden, the next time you see each other, there's a conversation. So um, right. he was kind of like my in, just introducing me to other Asian players. And then, of course, when I got back from Germany, um, I believe five players on our team were um were which not just uh, Ch asian they were chinese you know, like right. clemens chinese right um yep. well justin stack if you include him asian that's five that's the fifth yeah. um very very yeah uh and the people that were practice players you look at cohen ung right yeah. who played on the team a year later look at um um uh this guy named kevin heavy heavy set guy that we had we had great practice players as well uh, Wayne, uh, not not Wayne Child, the other Wayne, Sh Short Wayne, Central Park Wayne, I forget his name. Yeah, Wayne, um, I think Shao too, right? Yeah, and there was a lefty. lefty. Yeah, yep. Lefty, yeah. that's right. Baruch yeah. was our rival. Baruch had a lot of people who are um, highly involved with uh, Chinese nine men right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm going to keep saying you guys like I'm a damn racist, but you guys don't get older. Look at you right now. Show me oh, some man. ID, dude. You're 40? 40, 40 what? <laughs> you see my receding hairline, dude? Yeah. Come on, man. 
Oh, come on. You always had that. <laughs> you just had more hair. <laughs> I'm, I'm developing my uh, COVID bod. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my guys said it needs it definitely needs now more never more airtime. Chinese nine man. And I agree. Um, today is 9-11. Um, I swear to you, I didn't pick this day and it has no special significance in regards to our connection. But um, every New Yorker has a story. So for and because this is no longer a volleyball podcast, it's it started as a volleyball podcast and my guests are still volleyball players, but it's grown. It's grown legs of its own. So let's veer away from volleyball a little bit or see if it's related to volleyball. Um, Do you have a particular story of 911? No, 9-11. Where were you? 9-11. 9-11. I was heading to work. I remember that day. Like. It was there. Like I was heading to work. It was in the Fox Five uh, news building, and when I went in, waiting for the elevator, the TV on the TV, the first trade center was hit, and I was like, "What's going on?" You know, I thought maybe it was something else. You and, thought someone couldn't fly? Yeah, or something, or yeah. you know, it was just a, like you know, it was just a picture with no voice, right? No sound, no nothing. So we're all like, "What's going on?" When I finally got up to my floor, and they're like, oh, you're here, you know, when the World Trade got hit. And then 15 minutes later, or five minutes later, the second building got hit. And then 15 minutes later, my manager was like, you got to go home. And, you know, within that 20, 30 minute span of arriving to work, it's like, well, what the hell's going on? You know, like it was all shock. And, I was on 40, 49th Street and 6th Avenue, and phones weren't working, only Nextel, or uh, at that time I had a Nextel, if that's still a thing. <laughs> and uh, that was working for me, but I couldn't call anybody else because all the phone lines were all busy. Everybody's trying to make phone calls. And um, we walked down, I walked down with a coworker, and it took me about three hours, two or three hours to walk from 49th to the village. and. It was uh, it was Surreal. one of the scariest time. No, yeah, we're twenty something, and you know, didn't know what to think. Like, didn't think anything like this would ever happen to us. And uh, it was, what the hell? Like, and it was scary. And um, I think you know, it's something that is going to always be in the back of your mind when you anybody anybody just mentioned. 9-11 or calling 911, or, you know, even talking about it, remembering, never forget, you know, stuff like that. It's always going to trigger something. Everybody has their own story. Everybody's around or within even in that building at that time. So that's the, the scary moment. And, you know, and like all platforms such as Facebook, they'll always bring memory like this. And, you know, you'll, you'll never forget it. And it's something that really grew us grew New York really strong. They all came together. And yeah, it was it was one of those things that really kind of mature you really fast. Let's just say that, you know, there was like no joking. Act now. like a grown up really quick, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, it's not like it's no joking matter. And yeah, I am. Um, well, in real time, I was on my way to work. I was a little bit late. I was working in a cardiology practice um, for like a, uh, this guy that who was kind of the doctor of the stars. 
um, God rest his soul, he passed away last year. Mm-hmm. He, um, at the time we were merging, our private practice was merging with the medical college. So there were so many questions of salaries, benefits, um, and then all of a sudden we have to have a time clock and, you know, like one of those punch cards. So there was a lot of disgruntled and infighting, you know, mm-hmm. and just a lot of nervous tension. And it always seemed like at this time we were at each other's throat. People just weren't sure if they're going to have a job. So mm-hmm. I go to work and I'm a little bit late and I see Diane, our secretary, she's crying and I'm, and me, I don't think she's crying for something important. I just think that the pressure of other, you know, like, oh my God, some drama shit, you know, here we go again. What, you know, you see her and I'm like, and you're like, now what? (laughs) You know, right now what? And then she said, someone hit the plane crash into the World Trade Center. And, and I said, okay. And I said, someone can't freaking fly a plane. You know, because yeah, you, because yeah. I think prior to, uh, um, there was a New York Yankee that that crashed into a building on with a small, a smaller, mm-hmm. a smaller plane on the Upper East right, Side, right. Um, and thank God no one got killed. Um, that was right, crazy. Right. Just you want to talk about freaky, like how that could have claimed a lot of lives, but that didn't. So I'm just right. like, we got, we just give them pilots license to everybody. They just crashing into buildings <laughs> yeah. now, you yeah, know. And that yeah. was my first reaction. And then, this, ladies and gentlemen listening, there's no internet back then. You so you can't be like, oh, let me check my phone. Oh, let me see yeah. that this footage. You are in right. your office. You don't have a who. No one has a TV in their office. You have a radio in your office. Maybe you know, like if someone in the back has a radio in, in the back and they like to listen to music while they're working. Now yeah. all of a sudden, everyone's in the same room and they're listening to ten ten wins. Ten yeah. ten wins. Give us give us twenty two minutes. We'll give you the world. We'll give the so, world. Um, now we're all just trying to listen, just yeah. trying to whatever. And then, and so far, you know, 10 minutes in, 20 minutes in, I'm still not thinking anything. And I'm like, I'm late. <laughs> I got work to do. <laughs> you know, let me just go to work. So you guys sit here or whatever. And then no. Diane runs out and she says, another plane hit. And I went, oh. it's a terrorist attack. Yeah. It's a terrorist. It's a terrorist attack. Yeah. And and we go outside and we're on Lexington, 72nd Street between Lexington and Park. Mm-hmm. So we try, some of us walk to Fifth Avenue, set like Central Park East or whatever, if you will, unaffectionately known as, um, to see if, we could see if we could see a straight shot and we can see smoke. We can see smoke from there. And we're like, holy shit. And right. And one of the other doctors is like, maybe we just start canceling all of our patients. You know, we got yeah. a pharmaceutical rep is like, do I even ask the doctor for a signature or do I just get the hell out? You know? Yeah. Um, and we leave. And the other doctor, Dr. Holly Anderson, just goes back to Wild Cornell because we, we don't know how many, how many, you know, how, how much traffic in, injuries will be steered our way. And, not, and there wasn't a lot of injuries because there were. And, and that, with that kind of an, accident, Danny, right? There's no injuries. It's, it's you. You live or you die. <laughs> right, you know. Right. So, and then later on, a plane just hit the Pentagon. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. What's happening? You know. What the, the? What the actual freak? So, all the trains got shut down. I was living in Queens at the time. So me and Lauren Katia, um, who was later the the head coach at Hunter College, um, she was coaching the women's and men's team. Her and I decided to walk together over the bridge, Queens Bridge, mm. 
uh, or whatever it's called now, RFK or whatever, the 59th Street Bridge. And from right. the 59th Street Bridge, it's an HD. It's an HD. You could see it all. My, my ex-wife um, was supposed to work in the building that day or, her, or it was either her brother or her, or her new boyfriend, doesn't matter. They were going down together and he was late. And because he was late, yeah, he was okay. Yeah, but but that wasn't the stigma that that attached me. I mean, for me, what what attached me, and this is volleyball related. I was the head coach of City Tech at the time. Um, Chi DiMaggio, if you remember Chi, remember mm-hmm. remember Chi? She was the head coach. Yeah. She left. Chi-chi. She left, and the job fell on my lap. So, mm-hmm. I won't say the player's full name. Her name is Kareen. She and for everybody listening, this bear with me. You know, I like to talk, but this this is. This is where 9-11 stayed with me forever. She made a decision to play NCAA volleyball for me. She's an outside hitter. She's from Jamaica. Her mom is very strict. And you know about strict moms. Like, you, if you're in school, you're not playing sports all of your time. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're uh-huh. not there to play a sport. Do you get a scholarship? No, it's Division three. What? No. No, you're not. You're, you're going to go to school full time. You're not playing volleyball. She right. fought her mom tooth and nail until her mom gave in until she finally played the sport. That night, we were supposed to play Baruch. She's on the train from Queens, her and her mom. Her mom has a full-time job at the World Trade Center. She has a part-time job at the World Trade Center. Somewhere on 34th Street or West 4th Street, just before they hit the World Trade Center, she forgot her sneakers. She's like, Mm -hmm. I got to go back home and get my sneakers. We're playing Baruch College tonight. Um, she gets off the train. She goes back home to get her sneakers and lives. Wow. Now, I want that to resonate with everybody. I'm going to say that again. She's on her way to work. 8 o'clock, 8.30. She forgets her sneakers. She gets on a train to go back home and lives. Right. That's awesome. Basic mathematics says she lived, her mom didn't. So indirectly, and I wouldn't dare make this about me, but I I always have this eerie feeling her decision to play volleyball for me in some weird way saved her life. Mm -hmm. Her passion, her love for volleyball. Saved her life. Mm -hmm. If her mom won that argument, she wouldn't be allowed to listen to this conversation right now. I saw her at a party like later on because, um, you know, our, the the Caribbean crowd is very, very as, as incestuous as the Chinese are. They they, mm-hmm. they they play volleyball. They stick with their own. A lot of them end up being players for the national team. Just just awesome. So I see her at a party and we hug each other and we sit next to each other and we don't talk about 9-11. We don't talk about her mother. We talk, but the stigma or, or, or this, this unsaid conversation or this psychic rapport um, mm-hmm. between me and her, even now, just talking about it remains uh, um, to, to, to be redundant visibly or, or, or omnipresent. It's, it's always there. It's all-knowing. It's all-powerful, and it's there. And I went to a party with her, and, uh, and, and I, I saw her at another party, and we just had this look, and we just kind of, you know, what's good? What's good? Yeah. That's good. And, and that's the haunting thing, the story yeah. uh, that I have from, um, from 9-11. And, um, you know, I feel I have my heart and I speak for Danny. You, I speak for you as well. 
and please interrupt me and chime in at any point, like if there's a story kind of related to that, to volleyball. Um, but our hearts go out to anyone who lost anyone that day. We know the, the special significance. Our hearts go out to Port Authority police. Our, our hearts go out to the New York Police Department. Our hearts go out to the Fire Department in New York. Asians, black people, Caribbean people, yeah. Italian people, Irish people, Catholics, born-again Christians, Jews, Muslims, People of all religions took a hit on this. People of all ethnicities took a hit on this. This is New York City, people. It is the great American melting pot. When a bunch of white guys that got hit in this building, when a bunch of a bunch of devout Catholics on their on their way back from church or from confession that got hit, we all we all took this hit from a from a bunch of um, radical yeah. animals. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you um. Man, did I tell <laughs> and somber the mood, Jesus. Um, I guess I'll just revert back to the questions so we can kind of get, uh, stay somewhere on some kind of topic. <laughs> Do you find yourself a role model um, through volleyball at some point? Do like people, uh, the and the generation after you, do they, do they, emulate your emulate your game or 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 do you find yourself being a role model just your conduct and off on and off the court and the way and the way you play because there is this period where like every you know i talked to, to chinese people that didn't know me and i just say danny moore <laughs> and, and their mouths would drop <laughs> but you know danny moore you know danny moore so so uh, that was like dude that was like going to mexico and saying cerveza <laughs> <laughs> So do you, uh, one of the I guess the fan question is do you find did you find yourself a role model for some of the teenagers coming up? I mean, I hope I hope I am in some ways. I mean, I try to be humble for who I am and what I turn out to be. Um, I hope I you know whatever I do and how I do it will set some kind of tone for those kids who wants to learn volleyball. Nine men, not nine men related. Um, I've been, you know, you know me for a long time. I've been very humble. Not, I don't, I just played a game. I played my heart out and I don't, you don't take read, credit you don't for, read the reviews. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, and, and, you know, anytime I'm in a game, I'll do my best. I'm not out there to lose. And, you know, I want to have fun too at the same time. So, and I think, you know, if my actions speaks louder than my voice and, you know, kids really resonate from the, the actions, then I've done something. May not be a, they're not going to tell me directly, but if, if it helps them in some ways, somehow, and, you know, I feel like it's priceless. It's, you know, what, that's what you're here to do. You're, you're here to mentor, especially for my club, you know, uh, just trying to help kids play volleyball and learn to play volleyball, but also be, you know, sportsmanship, teammates, and also learn to respect each other. Like, you know, respect their time too, like you said, uh, you know, and we're all here for, for it. We're here, you and I and everybody else who's probably listening are, you know, are, are here listening, watching us because one common ground is, which is volleyball. And then with the six degrees, it'll, it'll, it'll you know, branch out to urban, big city, beach, grass, you know, anything. I mean, if you, like you said, you know, you mentioned the name and some people it's going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know them. It's going to be like a big tree, a family tree for all of us. So 
Um, mentoring, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, like to really, you know, I don't talk about it. I just hope people will see what I do and how I do it. And it will take something because everybody will learn different ways. They'll learn something from you. They'll learn something from me. And then whatever they take from both of us and add it to their part of their life for, you know, whatever, either personality or either, you know, volleyball skills. And, you know, hopefully whatever we do will have some kind of effect on their lives, you know. And yeah. they, 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 they won't tell us. But, you know, if, if it's something that's helped them along the way, I'm, I've done my job or we've done our job. Yeah, I think I think that's you know. Uh, so I don't think you know. I try to be a, a you know a role model, or I try to take the spotlight to 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 tell everybody, all the kids out there, or whoever uh, you know watches our game or our tournament or anything. So so I'm grateful. I'm you know we, we had a good run, and now you know what we do is we try to pay forward, and you know I think it's a great thing, and you know I think. A lot of it, if the foundation and platform was set earlier, you know, the, the, the game would be a lot bigger. And this may be a starting point for all of us, too. You know, especially like Nyman yeah. with the, the documentary and all that stuff. No doubt. Actually, you mentioned New York Urban. I want to zip on a picture. New York Urban basically is a, started as a league for the people at home um, for working professionals. You know, and, and it, it drew like this conglomerate of former college players from D1, D2, D3 schools. And their Division One men's and the Division One women's has be become this, this, they, you know, league that but people who used to play or still play professionally. It's crazy. Yeah. But the co-ed league was where the, back then was where the money was. Right. Like, right. Um, there was one season where they offered $2,000. For the championship and i bring everybody's attention to that it was offered oh, yeah. one time it was a one-off there's a volleyball in the air for anybody wanting to see my command center that volleyball yes is in the air suspended but there's the um there's the one in one right there that's right that was the team we were on that had greg romulus you me um bernard norman um burn. feel the burn yeah wano Wu was setting remember remember i remember mavi um mm -hmm. and at the time you didn't have a good blocking day and match point was their best hitter against our our, our at, at that day our work you are our worst blocker and you got caught uh, ruth wong on a back set it was just one-on-one -on -one and nobody could get there and we were just bracing for angel they just blow us up and you blocked angel match point and i was like oh God, yes. <laughs> Give me my money. <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> so, so, um, wow. What's up, Tony Fu? Someone's posting. A whole bunch of people are posting. Um, yeah, Josh Jamrock. Times. Says, Josh Jamrock says, "Moy." <laughs> Shout out for Hawaii. Yeah, no doubt. Big up to him. I met he. Um, it's one of the people that got me some pickup games out here. He lived in South Bay first. He lived in Torrance, California, which is a, a neighboring. Um, mm -hmm. neighboring zip code for Hermosa Beach. So, um, I think uh, Clemens is out there too. Is he? Tell him yeah. to come see what's, me. What's Tell him to message me or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, when you guys came out for American Sports Center, Brendan Fang, 
stayed he stayed at the house for a couple of days before he oh, you know, right? got the hotel because he wanted to you know whatever brendan brendan fang's another one of those guys i think when he turns 40 i'm probably gonna have we're gonna be we're gonna have i'm gonna have the same conversation i had with you oh yeah definitely. you know he's yeah. such a bright you want to talk about one of the sharpest minds you ever meet and just just being impressed on just how this guy's mind works i really like brendan fang yeah so we were talking about role models before and me over the years because i got involved in just media color commentary and because i became this coaching before i left i, I took new york as far as i could go you know yeah. you know I, I three ncaa teams yeah i made them all better you know baruch was like ranked seventh and then and now they're like this powerhouse i'm me and justin mm -hmm. rebuilt that so justin gives me a lot of credit and i'll take it um <laughs> but the podcast has gotten some blowback because sometimes my use of language people are like oh you're supposed to be a role model for kids you shouldn't curse in your podcast and this and that and and i think for me um role model is a tricky thing like i'll be a role model through volleyball i want them to be good color commentators i want them to be good volleyball players i want them to be coaches who care like you and me um we personalize our work you know when we leave we, we still think about the game we don't leave it on the court and sometimes when you lose it hurts losing hurts so as if you the more you're into it danny right the more you personalize the work so i think you i tell my i tell my critics i want them to see the role model on that because you know they're like do you want your kids to curse and i'm like no but i don't want my kids to drink alcohol either <laughs> you know i don't want my kids to join the military <laughs> you know the kids who look up i don't want you joining the military do something else i definitely don't want them to study theater performance or acting in college okay it's the worst degree you're gonna have so so if if they're looking for a role model or someone to look up to um like you said sometimes you the best way to be a role model is to not read the reviews. Just keep your nose in your work, work and play. And whatever comes out of it, the fruition uh, of your of your labor um, is what you want kids to look at. You know, and, and the reason why I brought this up, Danny, is because they think in order these days, people think in order to be a role model, you have to be this great guy or, or to be president yeah. or whatever, or, or someone's voting for you. Uh, you have to be this 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 American hero. No, dude, just be just be a decent human being. Like you said, just be a just be a decent human being. Right, right. So that's it. Just be yourself. And, you know, whatever mm -hmm. you I learn from you, you learn from me, and, yeah. you know. Because I'm definitely well, well, not a role model, dude. I mean, not in that respect. You know, I'm not. I don't want. Again, I don't want people not to study a theater. Bad model. No, no. I mean, right. right? So you know, mm -hmm. whoever is watching will take a bit and pieces from you and me, and uh, hopefully, it will apply it to their lives and grow from there, right? Yep. And I think that's all we can ask for. And that's you know, I I think I always say too much is that I try to be humble whatever I do, even with my friends and family. And especially, you know, running tournaments too at the same time. We're here for one reason, and you know, uh, we should be grateful because without this platform, you and I wouldn't be here 20, 25 years later. You know, we wouldn't be talking, we wouldn't reminisce all the stuff we had, the good times, the bad times, you know, and uh, and you know, and and in any sports, just not volleyball. And isn't it great that your intentions to win games and to play and to play well, but but what sprinkles out of it as far as net results this fellowship yeah 
this this fellowship that is irreplaceable. Like the people in South Bay who who grow up together, go to play high school volleyball together, or just play Manhattan Sixes. This this fellowship, there's there these they come in generations that people reminisce or whatever. Us. Our fellow, the fellowship that we we've gained is uh, that there's this five year or decade or whatever that's irreplaceable. Like mm-hmm. my fellowship with Central Park people, the time mm-hmm. period basically from 1995 to I guess to 2005. Uh, ran you know Ren Osborne, both anyone yeah. whose first name is Josh, you know anyone whose last name is is Moy <laughs> or or Chang, you know or, or Chow, right? So. The, that fellowship and just reminiscing is, is irreplaceable and yeah. god it's priceless it, yeah you just yeah. it's timeless you it's it's it almost is. like frozen in time you, and you and and it's so it's so cool because i move out here and it's all the same as yeah. far as that fellowship and like something being timeless and some and people right. just drinking and reflecting on some of these things and um wow you know, Ryan, Ryan is asking, did you graduate with Greg? Um, the answer, if it's college, Ryan, it's, the answer is no. You can answer that, right? You were a freshman? I was a freshman. And Greg yeah. was a senior. Right. We're talking about Greg Romulus, who, who was the our, our All-American candidate, um, who's, who I understand out of his family was the runted a little, but I couldn't disagree more because there's talent and there's what you do with the talent and Greg Rudy Rudy Romulus who played for NJIT they said was the mm-hmm. best player but if it's all about them numbers or, or and about leadership I gotta go with Greg you know yeah. so maybe a little biased yeah. but was yeah. there another Greg fair. there wasn't another Greg right in high school or whatever at Humanities not that I remember no man. okay mm-hmm. cool man that's, that's Ryan and he tags Tony Fu. He wants to make sure Tony Fu saw this. The other question was, did Tony Fu, was Tony Fu playing at Baruch when we were playing at Hunter? How, he, he was Talk about how old is Tony Fu. <laughs> Tony is uh, a year older than me. Yeah, he was, he was at Baruch. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You Asians. I'm going I'm to say you Asians this, you Asians that, you Asians this, you Asians that. I'm going to get flagged for racism. I'm going to get flagged for being a bigot. He is a year apart from you, which, I mean, you already is, is bad enough. I'm up there. Yeah. We're up there. Yeah. Well, a little yeah. bit rubbed off. I'm 50. I think I'm doing all right, too, so. Um, but yeah, Ryan, to answer, Ryan, to answer your question, and I, I swear to God, I'm trying to get um, Danny to talk more than me. Uh, uh, Romulus was a senior, and you were a freshman, and you play, you right. stayed another year. I did, and it goes Late on the record years. books. Check this out: Hunter College, five and twenty, <laughs> CUNY champions. <laughs> that was, that was, a uh, but. It was a testament to the schedule we had outside of the CUNY conference. Mm-hmm. Again, back then, guys, CUNY only had four teams, maybe five. Yeah. I think John Jay is the fifth. So um, if we weren't good, the only place we were going to get wins were in our division. And and if you only have four teams, that's a total of six matches. So the yeah. year before, our freshman year was our campaign year. We were 18 and 10. We beat Concordia, but, you know, a big Division II powerhouse back then. We mm-hmm. beat um, um, Queens College. Car, Car, you know, Carlito, um, Southampton. We went to four twice. I think we won one, lost one. We might have lost twice. I don't remember. We beat New Pulse twice and JIT. So um, had Tariq. You know, we couldn't mm-hmm. beat Vassar. Yeah, Vassar was just too good, right. man. Right. Vassar was 16, 14, 16, 14. And then after that, 
the smart kids cracked the code and they beat us 15 like really bad <laughs> so but they figured us out yeah but 16 14 yeah. against a team that made the eiva finals which yeah. now remains the only division three team to make the eiva finals um losing to penn state who won the whole thing that's right. that's a testament to our competitive nature right. um, we weren't tall right all of us were the same height across the board six one six two We'd, um, we weren't stuffing anybody either. We would just get touch blocks, run it down, set outside, high yeah. high four ball to our star hitter. Yeah. <laughs> he gets blocked, cover, set him. Yep, he gets it. blocked, cover, set him, Do it all kill. over again. <laughs> yeah. Rinse, repeat. <laughs> yeah, rinse we, and repeat. We called it um, death of a thousand cuts. Because <laughs> <laughs> back then it was side out, right? When, and right. we had a team like us that can go all day sooner or later. Sooner or later, you you know we're gonna get you, and and right. you know I can't emphasize on enough. And I thought I I I don't want to make it sound like I'm talking about myself because I wasn't even I wasn't even the third best player on that team, and and I was I just came back from overseas, so that tells you, you know I was playing I was chopping down trees, dude. So that's mm -hmm. a testament to how good that team was. Or not, I was a third best player, <laughs> probably. I think it's like Greg. And then David May, and then maybe me. You know, Zao. Zao wasn't even a setter back then. He he just had to set. You know, mm -hmm. um, he turned into a setter. Right. Um, Mang Mang was actually running the six two at Seward Park. He he came in with more setting experience than 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 Zao did. So sure. Yeah. Um. Right. So how old's your kid? My kid, my oldest one is ten, Brendan, and uh, young one just turned nine, Tyler. So they're oh my they're God. keeping me busy, man. You know, just like your little one, it's a oh handful. Oh God! You can, if you can reminisce back to when your kid was three, or terrible, or what they call terrible twos, terrible twos, yeah. terrible threes, fearless fours. You know, it just keeps on going. <laughs> Ryan Alamancy said, "Was I mentioned? I don't even Ryan. I don't think you were a part of that team in '94, was he? No, no, no. So, um." Here's here's mine actually. That's mine right there. Yeah. Playing Jenga and figuring stuff out with mommy. Yeah. I stay away from her as far as I can with academic stuff. I leave I defer to the girl with a Harvard education, okay? I went, uh, I, I I ended up graduating in Marymount, Manhattan, okay? That's theater performance. She she wants to do that. I'll be her daddy again, but but um so you got one that's I'll 10? be the spoiler. You'll yeah. spoil her. Are you kids playing? deferred? Uh, yeah, I tried. I started them when they were about four or five and knowing how to, you know, touch, pass, set a ball. So they, they, they're pretty, they're pretty, uh, you know, they're pretty into it, you know. But, you know, with this COVID, we just kind of bump within our home and, you know, set the ball. And, uh, you know, we were doing clinics up until the COVID time. So they were participating in it. So, too. So that was fun. It's It's great to see your kids follow your footstep if they do follow you know yeah. it may be like you know tiger dad you got to do what daddy says but you know hopefully they'll have the same passion as we did and you know and uh, get get better cool so yeah ryan played for york that's that's where yeah. i i got i remember now it came back to me he played for york college who mm -hmm. um was i guess the, that two-year period was our conference rival i thought you know they ended up winning after you left so i mean they had three they had three shots at that cuny apple so now it's all coming back to me now we um and there was definitely you beat them in five in the cuny finals 
95. And that's that's how that happened. I remember York. That was a true rivalry back then, York and Hunter. That was five sets. Um, 94, we didn't. I don't even think we. I think we 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 were yawning in the middle of that uh, of that that semis and finals. There wasn't a whole lot of. We just, I mean, it was the end of the season. We we had our stuff together. So I mean, and yeah. and we weren't even thinking about it. We were like, can we get invited to the EIVA? Did we go to the right. NCAA tournament? Did we? That was the talk. Did, was losing a Vassar at the end? Was that going to hurt us? You know, um, mm-hmm. NJIT. We lost two and four. We beat them the first set. You know because they had subs in and you know yeah, you, did, we, yeah. yeah we sent well we sent a message don't send boys to do a man's job so they won the next right. three but we right. were like did, is losing the njit and vass are gonna hurt our chances of getting get into the dance and then we got the letter finally we qualified and we were, oh, i was like so happy <laughs> good times yeah great times good memories yeah definitely so um it was really before I go. It was really cool running into you a couple of years ago before I moved out here. We're in Central yeah. uh, Prospect Park, from mm-hmm. big up to our crew, right? Uh, Prospect Park, Grass Court, Brooklyn, yeah. and your wife comes up. Didn't know you were. Didn't even know her. You were married to her, and she's like, um, "Do you and Kelly want to play a co-ed against me and my husband?" I'm like, "Sure." And she's like, "Cool. Let me introduce him." And, he, and I'm like, "And you're like, Mr. Devilius," and I said, "It's Danny Moy." <laughs> And I'm like Kelly, I got someone I want you to meet. This is my co- yeah. this is my college buddy. So so it was um, it was really good seeing you at that time. Um, and I hope nothing's changed. I hope you 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 guys, you know, are still doing your thing. And and mm-hmm. I wish you and your family the best in these very trying times. For a long time, New York City was gro- was ground zero, right? But it seems mm-hmm. I don't know if there is a level of what the word normal means, but. Um, Tell me, has 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 it returned to some level of normalcy, or, or or is there some kind of activities where it feels like it's normal again? I mean, activity-wise, in volleyball, it's, it's it's risky at this point. I mean, we haven't done anything, you know, from an organizational standpoint, we haven't done anything to to really risk anything. But New York City itself, I feel like it's it's slowly getting back to normal, you know. Um, for a long time, New York City bus was free up until September 1st. So now we're going back to, you know, the MetroCard days and you have to pay. And, uh, you know, traffic. You Were know, the train shut down? I, I, huh? Were the trains shut down? No. No, they were still up. Okay. They were still up. Um, at a period of time, they were, you know, cleaning the, the trains from 1 to 5 in the morning. So they were shut down that, in that sense for cleaning. But, like, in terms of, for me, my job, I... You know, I have to still have to go. I, I go in to work twice a month, and you know those times where the traffic's are terrible. So it's during a time when it was like everybody just unknown of what this virus could do to us. There was you could fly through traffic lights like nothing. Go through, you know, go to get to work within half the time. You're that like you I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, where are the people? It's just the weekend. <laughs> but now, you know, people are, are out on the street, out and about, you know, uh, New York City just announced 25% indoor seating. So it's a good thing. Um, and we're just going to have to, you know, together, we have to fight it through, you know, each, all of us. And I know out there, you know, the fire, forest fires are, you know, very intense. Yeah. Every, and, you know, every, ashy. it's the, it's, well, the ash has made it all the way to the South Bay. We have all mm. of the cars um, 
you know, I, I wake up one morning, I go outside and I look at the cars parked on the side street and I'm like, they're just, wow, it's all, they're like white, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. uh, kind of a watered down 9-11, you know, and that's what made me even bring up 9-11. You see some of these cars mm. that have ash on it uh, and yeah, just, um, and of course we pray for the families and, uh, you know, property, look, property at the end of the day, property is property, material things are material things. You just want people Replaceable. to be safe. We, we, we just right. want people to live. Uh, um, and we don't want people to lose too much of their property where uh, their quality of life messes with the sanctity of life as far as their psychology and their their yeah. mental their mental um, toughness is concerned. So yeah, yeah. Well, shit. That's all I got, man. You um, anything you want? Is there a website that people can learn more about um, Chinese Nine Men? First, first plug in the documentary. What it's called? Yeah, there's a Nine Men doc by uh, uh, Ursula Liang, and uh, she's a lot of years to put that together and you can see you know the history how it began interviews tournaments and stuff also you know youtube there's a lot of videos i'm sure you've seen a few and then you know uh there's uh nacivt.com it's the tournament website that you could get information next year we don't know who's going to host yet um we don't know if dc is going to be pushed back or if dc is going to skip a year it might be san fran Ah. San Francisco is due to host next year after San Francisco is actually New York. So um, we don't know yet. It's up in the air. A lot, a lot of talks amongst the board members because, you know, we don't know what's next year going to bring us or anybody. Yeah. Um, like you said, what is the normal? When do we go back to normal? Can we go back to normal? That's Those are, you know, those are the questions for everybody. And I don't think there is any answer yet until there's some kind of cure or vaccination. So, yeah. Um, but vaccine is moving faster than everyone thinks. I, I have an insider um, yeah, who, who is actually great. on the podcast and her her job is basically to um, help companies and pharmaceutical companies approve um, medications and vaccinations okay. for the FDA. So like just the procedure on how, how to um, mm -hmm. they, they basically, basically you hire a company like this. I want I want something approved by the FDA. Walk me through it. So. Uh -huh. Yeah, she's also a lab rat too. She was um, a medical mm -hmm. laboratory sciences, you know, for undergrad oh, wow. and, and sciences, and um, for her master. So, so oh. um, she's she was part of the phase one team for Ebola. So she's some of the best work. She's she's she told me it's some of the best work she's ever done in her career. And 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 I'm like, oh yeah, that's what you think, <laughs> boy. Do we have something for you right now? So oh boy, yeah. So, I mean, um, New York, I mean, I, New York has done a good job with testing, right? Testing kits. Oh yeah, it's available free for everybody. Um, you know, California sucks right now, dude. Is that right? Yeah, I've heard. Is the number still going up and all that? Well, the numbers are fluctuating, but that's not as important as availability of the test kits. I think at this point, oh, really? there shouldn't be a tier of people where a priority. If if you don't have enough, I understand where priority takes place, but we are months and months in, and we're the most industrialized nation in the world. There, it is inexcusable for us to for everyone to not get tested especially yeah. if they're out there scaring the hell out of us saying well you can have no symptoms and still have it you can have you know you can be asymptomatic and still have it so yeah. you, you never know you never know what well, can i get tested uh well no do you have a fever no do you have a cough or no do you, are you short of yeah. breath no then you can't get tested i'm like wow. but you just told me <laughs> i can have none of those things <laughs> and right. still have it <laughs> right, right. Ah! so 
there's this level of frustration. And of course, I don't want to mention the P word politics sooner or later, Democrats and Republicans get into it about whose yeah. fault it is. And, and I don't give a damn whose fault it is because what the finger, you know, more, more than anybody finger pointing doesn't, you know, when the, the finger pointing is done, you still have to have a solution. What do we right. do? Do, do. So, so glad I, I checked with Zachariah. Zach um, told me like the same thing you said. They were, they're testing everybody and they have enough testing kits. And, yeah. You know, yeah. but you agree, right? There's, at this point, it's, inex- especially if they want people to pay for a vaccine. You want people to pay for a vaccine, but, but you don't want, you don't want people to get tested? Come on. Now. Right. You have to, no, I'm, I'm not going with that one. So, um, oh, man. Not ending on a bad note. What else do you want to plug uh, for a nine man? Is there a, a site, or like a particular site or whatever? No, just at ACIVT.com. Um, mm-hmm. We also, you know, the, the tournament we host in July is nymini.com. So mm-hmm. hopefully those sites will get updated shortly. Uh, it's pretty much hasn't been updated. And then, you know, my, my personal strangers club, nystrangers.org, the mm-hmm. nonprofit I've been running for since the beginning. So, you know, uh, any information you can look that up, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, there's also emails. Yep. Any interests or, nice. yeah, definitely hit me up. Yeah. I'm always out there. You know, I always make time for you, and you know, my man, I just, and I will do it for everybody it's long else. Long overdue, man. <laughs> we yeah, are. I, I would also like to apologize to like anyone that I've been that I've uh, seeped my bitterness at, like in the '90s and compete because you know I've, I was pretty highly emotional player and i you know if i'd win i'd stuck it to him if i lost sometimes i was so so a loser but i think honestly i'm not like i said i'm not bigoted or racist but i think a lot of it came from me not being included in in the community Mm. there was a kind of a resentment that i had to deal with and justin and justin did too justin's half vietnamese half irish and Mm -hmm. he had to deal with the the lack of inclusion as well but uh to some of the people who have who i may have offended i just want to let you know i'm not um, I'm not that person anymore. Everything else is still the same. So, if, I mean, if, if you probably didn't like me before, you're probably still not going to like me. But I'll, so, <laughs> so much about me has changed. Uh, just understanding people and just, and like us, right? We, uh, it's, it's an evolution. It's an evolution. Yeah. We evolve. We, we, we see our, the errors, our errors over our way and we, we try to self-improve. And, and for the people like you and everybody else that got it right, you just try to make sure you have the power to forgive. <laughs> you know, because it's really, Definitely. it's in this cancel culture, it's, it seems like the, the hardest thing in the world to do. You know, it's like if no one forgives, who the hell's going to say sorry? <laughs> right? If, right? If the dental, if you run a stop sign and the penalty's death, <laughs> who's going to admit that they ran a stop sign? <laughs> <laughs> nobody so go ahead yeah no i was gonna say you know it's all about respect and and i think you know we all have a mutual respect for each other and you know that's how we move forward i mean if you don't then grudges are held and you know you're, you're gonna always hold on to it and never move on with life and is it worth it you know 10 20 years 30 years down the line you know hold that grudge Come on now. Yeah, not if they want to look young like you. <laughs> right? You're like, Jason, you want to know what the agent's Asian secret is? We don't hold a grudge. <laughs> um, all right. I guess that's all I got. So, ladies and gentlemen, everybody yeah. listening, the Denny Moy might love you, but me, I had enough of you. Okay? So, for everybody at home, um, stay after this. I'm going to run my credits, but stay after the podcast. All right. For everybody at home, 
for all of you watching on your desktop who runs the world old school old school for all of you on your ipad for all of you on your iphone on the lunch line or on the dinner line waiting to get some dinner for all of you on your droid for danny moore my man from strangers former hunter college alum i am jason debeus and we say we're out Of course, I don't do this. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.